Good morning, everybody, or good afternoon, everybody. Whenever it is that you get your podcast fix, my name is Derek Smith, and this is the Truth or Derek Show. Uh, a few things. First off, I wanted to apologize for my uh, my little absence there. It's been a couple of weeks. I've been very under the weather, but uh, I've missed you guys, and uh, hopefully everyone will come back and uh, listen to us rattle on for a little while. I wanted to give a shout-out to Christy D. and her son, Sean. Um, big fans of the show, and also, uh, thank you for live-tweeting with me uh, during the game. Unfortunately, they were at a Denver Broncos game, which has not been good as of late. But uh, you know what? That's a, that's a dedicated fan, if you can kind of sit through that. I guess it's the football version of a trip to the dentist. <laughs> Yeah, lots to get to today. Uh, I promise you guys I'd do a follow-up and all that sort of thing, so uh, no guest today. However, if I did want to get a guest, where am I going to go? Well, of course, I'm going to go over to www.podstars.net. Podstars is a talented and passionate community that will give you the opportunity to interview top professionals from a variety of industries, where they will share their insights and experiences with your audience. Plus... Everyone will have access to the exclusive celebrity catalog featuring some of the best in the business, both new and established. Podstars is also free to join. As a member of Podstars, you can choose from the catalog of celebrities to interview on your podcast. If interested, for an additional monthly fee of only $8.99 a month, you can upgrade to the community plan. Completely different and exciting catalog full of some of the best experts and professionals in their fields today as well as access to everybody in the whole Podstars universe. It is a great way to invest in your podcast, as you will save time and money by being able to book guests from one platform with an expansive catalog that is constantly being added to. So why wait? Join www.podstars.net now and start exploring all that they have to offer. You will not want to miss out on this amazing opportunity to elevate your podcasting career and join the exciting community. Again, you guys... (laughs) There's something when I have to read something off of a list like that that just uh it, it I, I I'm trying to sound like uh you know like I'm rolling in stuff but when you read it's like I don't want to sound like you have to come visit www.podstars.net that's why we throw a little bit of uh hype music in the background so it doesn't sound so <laughs> vanilla Yes, that was one thing that we talked about. I was going to try to stop saying, but um, so I got a little, I'm worried. I was going to put an elastic on my wrist and kind of snap it every time I said that. But if that was the case, I'm worried my hand would fall off. What are we getting to first? Yes, no guests today. So you're stuck with me, but we'll get through it together as we always do. I got a bunch of stuff here. You guys, first of all, love the guest. I really appreciate all the positive feedback on the guest, especially last week with Frank. The assistant director of the FBI, the guy is incredible. That uh, I've listened to that interview back uh, a couple of times, and I just think, wow, like what an uh, what an amazing career. And again, before that, with uh, Cheryl McCollum, that was awesome. Josh, and obviously Kirk Nermy. So it's I'm gonna try. I, I have a whole bunch of stuff lined up. We got a lot of we have a lot of stuff coming up, uh, a lot of new guests and stuff. So there 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 is a ton of stuff coming down the pipe. So I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. Don't worry. And again, I apologize for my little hiatus there, but sick as a dog I was. But I'm going to try to drop two episodes on you, just uh, relatively close together. And again, uh, I've been working with Podstars. I got a whole bunch of ideas for the next couple of weeks for their uh, different guests and things of that nature. 
And it will be a lot of fun, I promise you. Once again, I'm promising you fun. I did want to get to a few things here. It's I, I, The whole time that I was doing the podcasting, I was really, because I sit here and, I, and I, as you know, I run my mouth a while. I'm going to say this, that, uh, different things. Again, you guys have been mostly positive. Aside from, you know, some of the annoying things that I do, which I'm going to try to work on. But we have one guy in Pittsburgh, uh, Johnny in Pittsburgh, that likes to uh, call me on my shit. <laughs> So he wrote in a few things, and one of them he said, um, "At the begin, I can't believe that he remembered this. That it was either the last show or the show before when I started off. I said that I'd sing the Sam Roberts song, and I never did. So he wrote an email here asking about a few different things, and the the first one is, uh, have you ever thought about doing a live show? Now I can tell you right now, I haven't because it, I don't think it would be any good." I'm worried that, you know, if I was to start doing a live show and it was to go south in the first couple of minutes, it might sound something like this. Okay, I don't know. Whatever it is, it's not right on a teleprompter. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that. No, there it is. We are going to do Sting, yeah. Okay, but... Now, I can't read it. There's no no words on it. Okay. There's no words there to play us out. What does that mean, to play us out? It's, Sting is going to do, it's a video, Sting video. What okay. is, for credits. I don't know what that means, to play us out. What does that mean? To end the show? Yeah, yeah. All right, go, go. In five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is that. Okay. In five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today, and we will leave you with a... I can't do it. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live! Fuck it! <laughs> do it live! I can, I'll write it, and we'll do it live! <laughs> Fucking right. thing sucks! In five, four, three... That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. I'm Bill O'Reilly. Thanks again for watching. We'll leave you with Sting and a cut off his new album. Take it away. (laughs) Yes, so fuck it. We'll do it live. Well, we will not be doing it live. Not anytime soon. Uh, Maybe when I get a little bit better, because again, he wanted a live show from uh, Comic-Con, and uh, the next show I do, I'm going to do a whole bunch of Comic-Con stuff, because I'm actually 99% sure I have my guests for the next episode. And we actually met her at a Comic-Con, so it'll be a good time to uh, get all that done. And thank you, Bill O'Reilly, for that clip, because every time I hear Fuck It, we'll do it live. I can swear by on the, on the show, by the way, but I try not to. Uh, just because whenever I, re- I record the show, I'm usually in a pretty good mood, but at some point, I mean, like anybody, I, I, I have a temper here and there. I mean, I've gotten a lot chill as I've gotten older. You know, if anything ever grinds my gears or we really get passionate about something, I'm sure you might hear uh, an F-bomb here or there. Again, I try not to because you just sound like trash uh, when you're doing that. Uh, Unless you're like uh, Mr. O'Reilly there and he just makes it funny. (laughs) Question two from Johnny. Johnny from Pittsburgh. I've actually been to Pittsburgh a few times. I would say anybody that is a sports fan, Definitely go to Pittsburgh. Check it out. I know anybody from there obviously knows Peppies. Peppies, there's two of them, but I think we went to the older one. They actually have that um, sandwich they named after uh, the quarterback for the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger. It's actually called a Roethlisberger. 
if you're hungover or you're just starving or anything like that, which, you know, if you're going to a party downtown Pittsburgh, uh, that might happen. Peppy's, the Roethlisberger, it's like a burger with sausage meat and all the sub toppings and some deli meat and cheese and they put eggs and it was just, it was just a pile of, you know, greasy breakfast all in a bun that will make you feel better. And uh, the last time my wife and I went down there, we went, uh, got two different Philly cheesesteaks. The guy was telling us, they sell like, I want to say it was like 200 or 225 cheesesteaks an hour. And you look at the line and it's just impressive. It's just steak coming out, toppings and fry and this, like a factory. It was amazing. The sandwich was just absolutely stunning. So again, I've been to Pittsburgh a few times, loved it. Definitely anybody, uh, if you get a chance, go check out something in Pittsburgh and go check out Peppy's. We have a few other uh, possible adver- uh, advertising opportunities coming our way, which is actually pretty cool because uh, we're going to start giving away some prizes in the next couple of weeks, like, uh, you know, getting your best question, that sort of thing. Anybody, as you know, you can reach out to me, uh, podstars with a Z dot connect at outlook.com. I'm on Twitter, uh, Derek Vampire Slayer. <laughs> which I know is silly, but I started that long before the podcast, and it's got the followers, and I didn't want to start a game from scratch. Um, anywhere you download the podcast, they usually have a way to shoot me a message or go to the at uh, Podstars team on Twitter. You can send a message there. Just I'm relatively easy to get a hold of. So reach out to me with whatever you want, but especially in the coming weeks, because uh, we are going to try to fire up some prizes and Amazon gift card or something to that effect. So sorry, just to finish off, Johnny from Pittsburgh. I promised uh, he called me out that I never sang my Sam Roberts song. So hold on a second. Uh, give me a beat. Uh, give me a beat, please. All right, a little Sam Roberts for you. One night to live, but we're doing it wrong. You see, got my brother down because it's nothing to me. He got nothing to me. Everyone's saying that it's wrong to eat. But there's no other way to get my life on easy street. Get your life on easy street. Somebody else, what you're living for. They're knocking you down, now you're looking for more. <laughs> well, there you go. I hope you're happy. I hope that's what you want. I hope that's what you wanted, because I can guarantee nobody else wanted that. I got a lot of other questions here. One of them came, um, Joshua Schiffer, you might remember from my first show, put up, um, you know, list down uh, all the jobs you've had. I think he put it on Twitter or maybe on Facebook, but put down all the jobs you've had, uh, both good and bad and, uh, list them. Some of your worst jobs, some of your best jobs. I've had, I've had a lot of jobs. I mean, I've had the same job now for 20 years. I don't particularly enjoy it. Uh, but you know, I'm good at it and the check is good. I've always hated when people give you that, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. So That's like maybe 1% of people. The other people, we just drag our asses in to get a paycheck at the end of the week. And, you know, hopefully you have some good coworkers and all that sort of thing. I mean, I've been very fortunate in my career. I mean, all those perfect jobs, it always seems like there's one person there. It's not necessarily the boss that's always a huge pain in the ass that kind of ruins things. And um, I was going to get into uh, a bit of a long-winded story here because one of the other questions, it was not Johnny from Pittsburgh, although I'm sure I've said something already that's going to piss him off that I'll have to make up for next week. Uh, when I was younger, I got a job at Eaton's. And uh, for those, the, the, the question that came in was, why do you love Walmart so much? And that, this whole thing will tie into that. 
<laughs> eventually. The question was, uh, why do you like Walmart so much? And that will kind of tie into what I'm talking about. Because uh, when I was younger, again, speaking of all the jobs I've had, again, the one I have now is not the worst one I had. Uh, years ago, I worked, uh, I did high-rise plumbing uh, with this guy that was just an absolute nightmare. But the, the money was good. But the job just sucked. And it wasn't because of like doing plumbing stuff. That kind of stuff didn't bother me either. But again, the guy that I worked with, it was just this, just an asshole. It just it was never good enough, that sort of thing. But you know, like uh, the soldier that I am, I dragged my ass in every day until I couldn't had an uh, until I you know had had enough and told him to go to hell. But when I was younger, I worked at Eaton's. Now, for those of you who are not familiar, uh, there was three major department stores in Canada. There was Eaton's, there was Sears, and there was the Bay. Now, somehow the Bay managed to survive, which. I don't know, for department stores. It was weird. And that's, again, ties into why I love Walmart so much. Because I've seen, you know, everybody complains when it comes to Walmart. It's, oh, it's all self-checkouts. Oh, there's no one there to help you. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. That's done on purpose. Because a lot of people that I think, you know, hate Walmart, it's for whatever reason that maybe, you know, you don't have to shop on a budget. Because, you know, when I was younger, like I've been poor. You know, sometimes you have $80 or $90 where you have to go grab like a pair of shoes and groceries for the week and that sort of thing. And that's where like the the Walmart thing comes in handy. I mean, if, if, have you seen the price of groceries lately? It's insane. And if you do go to one of these higher end grocery stores, your Metro or your Loblaws or your Wegmans and all that sort of thing, take $100, see what you can put in a cart there and take $100 and see what you can put in a cart at Walmart. The Walmart one's going to be fuller, more full. Fuller or more full? Either way, it's going to be both. And, you know, it's uh, everyone, well, you know, they just, uh, they import crap from China. Yes. Like, you know what? I'm, I'm older now and a little bit more uh, financially stable. So I, I could go buy a $100 sweater and a $110 pair of pants and stuff like that. But a lot of people can't, especially when I was younger, I couldn't. And that's where that came in handy. You could go to a store, you could save money, you could grab the hardware and paint and a pair of pants and a pair of shoes and a steak, <laughs> ground beef, macaroni and cheese, you name it. Your money is going to go farther at Walmart, without question. And the reason uh, that the Walmart is the way it is, is because they, they, you know, they trim the fat right from the top. Now, I mentioned I worked at Eaton's, and that was the fattest company on the planet. Because I've seen retail waste from the inside like nobody's business. So when I started there, they had just done a rebranding. Just right off the bat, the, the, the name, it just used to say Eaton's. And then they rebranded it to, a, a, you know, like, like the ampersand, the at symbol, with, but an E with a circle around it. I think if I remember correctly, somebody ding-dong wrote a book about it, which I think I might have read a little bit of, but like, who wants to read it? <laughs> I was going to say, here's a fantastic book for you. It's, <laughs> it's about retail in the 90s. But I think that rebranding cost just north of $200 million. Now, for me, people have to, I, I'm surprised that people don't see that kind of curve coming, that you realize that th- that industry was dying even at that time. I mean, we saw it. Obviously, around the the time when Christmas, or even the months leading up to Christmas, working uh, down on the docks and all that, you'd see five or six trailers coming in a day, and then there would be four, and then there would be three, and you're thinking they have you know all this head offices like that was their flagship store, that was like the major store, and nobody else. I mean, they just seemed to to spend money like water. Apparently, the the sons were 
kind of a bunch of ding-dongs too because, again, the, the waste, you've never seen like, like it. Keep in mind, with this rebranding, uh, we had to pretty much go through the whole store and just throw out um, all their displays, all these glass displays and stuff because they, they were like cream-colored and like they were bringing in gray ones. Uh, throwing out the, the, the carpets, the displays, the, 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 just the ultimate amount of waste that I saw in the first year right with that rebranding like they had their visual department. I think it was up on like the sixth floor. If you had to go up and get, you know, tablecloths or whatever, if we were setting up tables for a sale, and even the visual department had like thirty-five people working at it. And you're like, these people just you're hanging banners and you're putting on tablecloths, and you have thirty-five people working there. It's just the the waste from top to bottom. Like we were really surprised. Like they had another one. Somebody came up with this brilliant idea. Some of the the carpets and like they sold like Persian rugs, like you know, eight thousand, nine thousand dollar, ten thousand dollar rugs. They had thousands of them, and uh, some of them got moths. So rather than uh, hire uh, like a professional, they had us all roll them up, fill uh, tractor trailers with them, and then you just did like a, a bug bomb like in there, which. Even like you, you, you'd have to do that properly. Like you don't put a bunch of stupid dock workers on it in charge of tens of millions of dollars worth of rugs, and then ultimately, of course, it didn't work, and we had to throw them all out. And of course, us being the clever, uh, clever people we were, we were going to try to take some of them afterwards. But then security came down and poured paint all over them, and they ruined that whole experience. But that was what I'll, I'll, I'll have to write down some of the other stuff, but. I couldn't believe the stuff like um, we threw out so much display. If they had like one of those 40, 40 yard dumpster bins full of just broken glass from displays that were perfectly fine. When they were doing these sales, they would go rent rather than, you know, set up like you, you could set up a piece of plywood on a couple of cinder blocks and put a tablecloth on it. And one of those things that's in the, you know, you stack it with Hilfiger shirts or whatever it is. They would go to like a, a rental company and they'd rent tables for, you know, they'd rent a thousand tables rather than buy them for two or three months. And then they'd just sit around doing nothing. Like it just, the waste, unbelievable. And that's when, you know, if you're lucky enough, you can go to a department store like that. You can buy a, a Hilfiger sweater for $160. That's why that shirt is $160. It's not Hilfiger. It's just the, the overall waste at the store. Yeah, it was just, you know, it was, I loved the job and I loved the people that I work with. My boss, Kevin, taught me a lot about being a man and about being a good boss. It was one of those weird things that ultimately changed the course of my career. With What with me shooting my mouth off, as I was saying earlier. Every one of those jobs that you have that you love always has one, I was going to say dickhead, or asshole there that seems to want to ruin it for you. And uh, for that, for me, that guy's name was Paul. So during the end... There's actually, there's a lot of stuff here, because uh, when they, they filed for bankruptcy, I just want to say, probably in the summer. Um, but, uh, and it was like the, the walk of death, because in that building, there was like, I want to say there was probably 300 employees there, and they got rid of uh, the general manager, and they brought in this younger guy, who we were actually friends with. I actually helped him move, and that was a great move, what would have been a great move for my career. He's a really nice guy. But uh, as soon as they brought him in, they just started announcing like over the, the radios, they're like, oh, you know. Joe Johnson, can you come to the third floor office? Uh, you know, uh, Jennifer Jean, can you come to the third floor office? And they were rattling off these names like every two, two and a half minutes. And you know, they were just walking in there and getting fired. We were safe because uh, that whole place couldn't run without us. 
just moving stuff around and trying to get the rest of the stuff in because the, the bankruptcy ultimately came with clearance and all that, uh, all that business. And ultimately, right near the end, somebody, uh, there was nobody really in charge at that point. It was kind of like the Wild West. Really fun place to work. You know, half the lights were off. You could go in there and uh, either work hard or not. Uh, but not me, you know me, I'd keep my nose to the stone. So one day they had just said, you know, they're dragging everything down from, you know, floor three, four, five, six down to the thing, like selling everything. It doesn't matter. Displays, curtains, you name it, just sell everything. My man, Lou and I, I'll talk about Lou in a minute. Cause it's, it's what's one of the weirdest stories that I've ever heard of. Yeah. So I guess he had gone off to go to the bathroom or whatever. And, uh, we just, we're going around all those floors with all the lights off and they had a whole bunch of displays that had like televisions in them for like golf stuff and just stuff that, you know, some of these displays that you, you probably, I think they ultimately did sell uh, other displays that had like a fridge or a freezer in it, just all that stuff. So we just loaded up, you know, a dozen skids and we had them over where the elevators were. And then again, my boss at the time came over with these other two people, not in suits. They just looked like normies. And, um, you know, he's like, what are you doing? And I said, oh, you know, uh, I said, we're just moving a whole bunch of stuff that we could probably sell down to the clearance thing. Because, again, when you're in, <clears throat> they told us when you're in bankruptcy, just sell everything and to, for whatever, and that'll be it. Uh, as it turns out, uh, the two people that they were with were both executives from Sears. Sears had just bought Eaton's for, like, pennies on the dollar. And again, unbeknownst to me at the time, I was just doing as I was told, dragged a whole bunch of stuff downstairs. Later on that day or the next day, Kevin pulled me aside and said, uh, you know, those two people that I was with, they were executives. They were keeping out of the, out of the entire building, they were keeping f- four people. That guy, Greg, who replaced uh, Gunter, and three other people. I don't even think Kevin was, and there was this other Paul that was really good that was manager. I think they ended up keeping him. And uh, he said, you know, they're going to offer you a job. They're going to offer you an like, semi-executive position, which for me was awesome. I was only like 18 at the time, maybe 19. But I guess they just saw everybody else being lazy, and they saw me having my, my moxie. And uh, yeah, so that was sort of exciting. But again, me being a bit of a hothead, in the, in the following days, I was listening to that other asshole ball just run his mouth one day. And he was saying about, oh, this and how young people are trash and blah, blah, blah. And I just said to him, I said, you know what? You know what? You're trash. And I said, this is exactly why I got the executive position and they're kicking you out on your ass because you're useless, and stupid, or whatever it was that I said. Turns out to be a huge mistake. Again, one of those things that kind of curbed my whole career into whatever the hell it is I do now. Because I guess he ran up and ratted me out, and uh, those people that we had talked to earlier just told Kev, and he came down, pulled me aside, and he's like, "What did you do?" He's like, if they found out that they had announced who they were bringing ahead of time, it looks like favoritism, blah blah blah, and pretty much uh, I got my two weeks' notice along with everybody else. Now, uh, you know that was a bit of a bummer, but. I, I like making mistakes like that, especially big mistakes, because that's really how you learn. Some of the best advice I've ever had is when you're pissed off or anything like that, give it like six hours. Give it between like six and 18 hours. You know what? Go Because I've had times where I'm like just enraged and I just want to go attack somebody or, you know, call somebody and tell them exactly what you think of them and all that sort of thing. 
Uh, but if you wait, just wait like six hours. You have something to eat, go have a drink, sleep on it. Sleep on it's actually really good advice because 90% of the time when you wake up the next day, it doesn't matter. Most of that shit doesn't matter. You know, when you're in the heat of the moment and stuff, you're like, ah, I'm going to kill somebody. And then 12 hours later, it really doesn't matter. Uh, and if you're like me and you get a bee in your bonnet and it's still there, it is better to just unleash the beast because... You know, if it's going to sit there and it's going to drive you nuts and keep you up at night, just let the person have it. Why not? You only go around once. So back to Eaton's. Now, we had moved all that stuff, as I mentioned, down to ooh, the main floor, like the all the clearance stuff. There was some couches left, mattresses, a lot of carpets that probably still had moths. Uh, displays, everything. But they had fired the delivery team. Uh, not fired. They had just been let go with everybody else. So in our last two weeks, again, I had lived on my own at the time. So I was like, shit, you know, I, I have rent to pay and food to buy, Walmarts to visit. And one of the, the head salesmen, they, they were still on commission. So they were still like pumping this stuff out like crazy. I know the, this one guy, one of the salesmen, Ted, I, I, he's passed away now. But he was one of the strangest looking guys you've ever seen. And just came and asked me and uh, Lou. Now, okay, there was like a hierarchy there. Louie was, if this was uh, the Archies, that Lou would be Archie. The guy was cool. Everybody liked him. He was just one of those guys, and Mr. Weatherby was there. And I don't know. That guy, Paul, that I hated would be somebody on the Archies. I can't think of Reggie, I guess. I'll, I'll, I'll be Jughead for this example. The salesman came over and said, uh, you know, they don't have any delivery thing, and it's causing an issue for them because, uh, you know, people were looking at, it doesn't matter, a carpet, but this was like a a department store in a mall. So it wasn't like you could easily like wheel a chair or any of that crap to your car. People always had everything delivered. Um, and, been, and keep in mind, they're buying at this point, like, you know, an $8,000 rug for $1,200. So they really don't mind paying the hundred dollars for delivery. So Ted Lou, um, cool Lou owned a, a cleaning company on the side. So he had like one of those DZ trucks, like big delivery trucks. And I guess Ted knew that. So he went down to him and said, you know, anything that I sell, he goes, I can get at least $100 for a delivery. And he goes, you can keep it all because Teddy Boy was getting commission on it, assuming he could push this stuff and get it delivered. And this was on like a Friday, I believe. And uh, Louie grabbed me and said, you know, are you interested in this? Uh, you know, he said, it's my truck of gas, blah, blah, blah. I'll give you like, you know, 35% or 30% of whatever we make. And I said, yeah, obviously I knew that the end was coming and I could use a little bit of extra cash. So throughout that afternoon, there was nothing going on. That guy, Ted, came down and dropped off, I don't know, six pieces. Uh, Lou pulled up the truck. We threw it in there. We were going to wait till 3.30, and the, the, my, our boss, Big Kev, said, uh, you know what, just go do the deliveries, make some money. There's nothing happening here. So we t And this is, the this is before cell phones. I think I had a pager at that point. So Lou and I take off. Uh, there, a lot of the deliveries, they weren't that far from there, so we were able to knock it off in like an hour. And then my pager goes off, Lou's pager goes off with like the Eaton's number. And we're like, oh, you know, something's gone bad. <laughs> so we get back, we get back to the loading dock. There's like a hundred things on the loading dock. And Kevin's there. He's like, what the fuck is going on? He's like, we have to get all this shit out of the way because they had Saturday deliveries and stuff like that too. So I guess as soon as the delivery word got out, all the other salespeople were like just taking a hundred dollars off of everybody. So Teddy Boy walked over to Lou and handed him an envelope with like ten grand in it. 
And he's like, you got to get all this shit delivered. So we're like, you know what? I figured there'd be another six, another 10, but like the loading dock was full of just some big stuff, some little stuff, but just all crap that had to be delivered. So Gabe Kev said, you know, I appreciate what you guys are doing, but just make sure all this shit's out of here before tomorrow morning. So Lou and I load up the car, go out, go in, go out, go in, go out. It's just taking way longer than we thought. So this is one of the weirdest things. So like eight or nine o'clock rolls around at night. Uh, we probably had a beer or two. And we still had like 40 other deliveries to do. So again, Lou being cool and uh, me wanting to be cool too. He was like, uh, have you ever done Coke? You know, have you ever done any cocaine? Okay, I didn't want it to sound like I'd been in the end zone before. So I said, yeah, I hadn't at this point, by the way. So he goes, okay. He goes, if we're going to get this done, he's like, we just, you know, finish up your beer. Let's go get a, <laughs> let's go get some lines and we'll, we'll get the rest of this shit delivered. I said, okay. Now I, I, d- I don't want to give the, the name of the place out because it's actually still there. We go over to, there's this neighborhood in the West End in Toronto. It's called Ronsonville. It's like a Polish, Italian, Portuguese sort of blend neighborhood. A lot of good restaurants and stuff like that. I know there's some sketchy ones too, up where the train tracks are. So he pulls up to this restaurant. And again, I, I don't want to say the name because it's still there. He walks in and uh, they have like a regular menu, you know, whatever. Chicken souvlaki cabbage rolls you name it but there was like on the menu like number 15 number 16 it was said, said like a family meal so he orders a number 16 we wait and thing and then you know you go along the line over to the where the cashier is they're like that'll be <laughs> that'll be 325.50 <laughs> like with straight face he gives the guy 325 they hand us two like a, a full bag of food so I guess that number 16 or whatever it is for that place, it was code word that you get like two uh, chicken souvlaki or uh, yeah, two chicken souvlaki dinners and an eight ball of Coke for 325 bucks. I couldn't believe it. So sure enough, we go hop in the delivery truck and I'll never forget the, the song on the radio was Mr. Jones by the Counting Crows. And still when I, I hear that song all the time, it's on my playlist and it just takes me back to one of the strangest experiences ever. Uh, so yeah, sure enough, we, um, we did a few lines and got the rest of our crap delivered by like, I think it took us till three or four o'clock in the morning. We had to work the next day. Again, tried to get all the hours in before the party was over. So at the end of the day, Lou handed me, I want to say about, it was about 3,500 bucks. Uh, we were drunk and excited. Well, not drunk, but buzzed and excited and wide awake. Uh, I can't remember what, I didn't go home. We ended up just going to do whatever, probably ate our food. Showed up the next day for work at 7 a.m. I think worked till about noon or whatever. Then I went home and I slept for two days. But that was one of my first introductions to uh, to drugs, which was actually, I guess I'm lucky because I, I, I know a lot of people that have been addicted to, to different things and all that. But uh, cocaine was never my thing. You know, I did it a handful of times, uh, partying or going to a rave, that sort of thing. But I found it was a really easy drug to get sick of. Just because, you know, like, you're still wide awake when the sun comes up and all that, and it's really depressing, anybody who's ever done that. So I would advise against it. Let's go, uh, we're, we're, we're drug-free on the Truth or Derek show. We're pro-alcohol, but we're anti-drugs. <laughs> so yes, that is a, my long-winded story. So appreciate Walmart for what it is. It, it's, it's a quick way, I mean, whatever the hell they do to their, to their vegetables. I noticed 
Costco and Walmart seem to have some sort of drugs they put into their vegetables that make them last forever. I was bitching earlier about some of the higher end grocery stores, but like we have some of the lower end ones here. Like there, there's offshoots of Metro and Sobeys and Food Basics and some of these other ones. Where like you go buy, you know, celery or uh, salad greens and that sort of thing. It's, everyone always looks at me because I eat a ton of salads. I eat probably I eat easily a salad a day, sometimes two. But if you look at me like I'm a bigger guy, nobody's going to believe that, which is fair. <laughs> All the time, you get the, all these vegetables home, and they're still not cheap. Just because, you know, they're four ninety nine at Metro, it doesn't mean they're not three ninety nine somewhere else. And within a day or two, they're all, like, you know, soft and brown and that sort of thing, where you get this crap from Walmart or Costco. And again, Costco, I bought in celery from there. It's still been crunchy like a month later. Like, with, with no word of a lie, three, three and a half weeks, four weeks later, it's still good. And again, Walmart's got a lot of that same stuff, too. Uh, just a big fan. So, you know, take Walmart for what it is, you know, go over there, save some money. Be glad it's there for the younger people that, uh, don't have $175 to go spend, uh, on a a pair of jeans or a sweater that just want something, just trying to get through the day. If I got to go to work tomorrow, I need, I got to wear pants and a shirt. (laughs) A lot of the other questions that came in, you guys liked some of my recipes. I know a few people made the mac and cheese. You guys uh, always love it when we talk about food. And again, I uh, encourage everyone to reach out to me. It just it's a, it's amazing when you get uh when we put the podcast out, the distribution company, I think it's called Podbean, uh tells you where your podcast has been downloaded. We've had downloads from a lot in oddly enough in Indiana. Uh some in Pittsburgh, uh, lots of it in Atlanta, Ottawa, uh Florida, Toronto, my hometown. Uh, overseas, nothing in China, oddly enough. I don't know if they tracked that or not, but we had a bunch of downloads in Belgium, uh, a bunch of downloads in Norway and Scotland. I know that's our, uh, it's Adrienne, one of our favorites, and she's a fan of the show, getting the word out. So we always appreciate that. So yes, the Truth or Derek show is starting to catch on. And people, uh, once again, getting back with food. Food questions. So yeah, it's, uh, I'm not too proud to admit for years, I want to say up until about three or four years ago, I sucked at barbecuing. Always just terrible at it. I was always uh, feared. I did one night. I guess the light outside wasn't working. I, and I, I made a couple of like, uh, I make my, my own burgers and freeze them. And then when I, I didn't thaw them out properly. So when I went out to cook them, they were half raw. I didn't notice. Put it on a bun, served it to the wife. And uh, my wife has a memory on her. Like you wouldn't believe. So now every single time now, if I don't cook a burger properly, I get the, oh, this is just like the time in 2017, which again is good because it helps keep me on my toes because I think men in general, you can't let us get away with too much shit. Do not let us get away with anything. Trying to to be a better cook. Like I'm a great cook in the kitchen. I can make the stir, anything in the kitchen, uh, beef stew, you name it. But I always kind of sucked at barbecuing. So two or three years ago, it doesn't matter if you have a really fancy, expensive barbecue or if you just have, you know, something that $199 or $199.97 as a rollback at Walmart. <laughs> it was always the number one was steak. I could never get a good steak. Uh, it just, it was always overcooked. It was always undercooked. And you'd see all these stupid uh, tips, put your hand over it. Um, you know, uh, when you pick it up and you look at both sides, uh, see if it's steaming on one side. I had I, seen, I've read a dozen different tips that were one was dumber than the next. 
So I really, I, I got down to it. Now, for me, there's basically two thicknesses of steak. There's like a regular grocery store steak. And then there's like, you know, a butcher steak. that's usually like an inch or an inch and a quarter thick. And a, and a grocery store steak, uh, you know, that's usually about between, uh, you know, five-eighths to three-quarters of an inch thick. So, number one, they'll all say they're going to be mechanically tenderized, which is fine. But no matter what, they're always going to be a little bit rough. So, again, with some of these idiots that do these recipes and stuff for steak, they have these marinades that have oil or butter in them, which you can't do if you're going to barbecue it because it's going to burn. Step one I learned, which is actually, because I'll, I'll talk about burgers in a second, that if you're going to marinate a steak, do it in something acidic so it softens the meat up a bit. Red wine vinegar, balsamic vinegar, a little bit of soy sauce, you know, onion, garlic powder, maybe some chili flakes, vegetable seasoning, Mrs. Dash, steak spice, whatever it is. But nothing that has oil in it. And you got to do it for at least 24 hours because I've done like a two hour, you know, bought the steak, did a two hour marinade, had it on a Friday and then had my one that marinated for 24 hours on the Saturday. And the Saturday was hands down better. So when it comes to actually cooking it again with all these stupid tips to try to figure out how to get it right, it didn't occur to me until a few years ago to do it by time. So the thicker steaks, again, the Costco ones or the butcher ones that are where I, I, I learned just through trial and error cutting it open and all that sort of thing that you could do it about with the lid closed, like 11 minutes on 11 or 12 minutes per side. And it started coming out perfect. And I'm talking about like that perfect uh, medium to medium. Well, where there's a slight bit of pink, but no blood in the middle. Uh, But you know, just through using this technique with the time, they were coming out perfect every single time. And then when I was getting the thinner ones, I just realized it was like six or seven minutes aside. And because I wasn't putting it, it wasn't burning on the barbecue. You could just like always preheat the barbecue because with the lid closed, it doesn't matter what type of barbecue. It's going to heat up to like 450 degrees, give or take, which is like, you know, important to cook the steak all the way through. And then the fire obviously gives it a crisp on both sides. But if you're if you're going to do that, uh, send me some pictures. I'd love to see it. But I'm telling you right now. I've used that technique for the last, I want to say about three to four years, and it's worked every single time. And I've fed steaks to a whole bunch of people that said, that is without question the best steak I've made at home. I perfected the burger recipe through a little bit of trial and error, but a lot of it was, uh, well, in in a sad way, uh, when my, you guys know I have a Bernese Mountain Dog, Nova. Uh, My last Bernese Mountain Dog, Mampers, got to uh, nine and a half. Yeah, just uh, how I learned about <laughs> burgers because like, somebody had bought me Guy Fieri's cookbook, which you can throw it right in the bin, right in the garbage. And I, I have a weird love-hate thing I think like everybody else does with Guy Fieri. Hi, I'm Derek Smith, and we're rolling out. Yeah, the the weirdest love-hate thing with Guy Fieri because I, I do like the show Triple D, and I like Guy's Grocery Games, but there's just something about it that you can't figure out whether you like it or not. So I guess somebody bought me the cookbook because they know I like to cook, and apparently I like Guy Fieri. Um, I'm a Swifty and a Fieri tea. Like you look at some of these recipes, like he'll have a recipe for a burger that's got like 26 ingredients, just like stupid stuff, just trying to make it fancy for the sake of being fancy. Because you know you've been uh, everybody who's been out to been to a burger joint or a wing joint or just you know your favorite restaurant, a sub shop, and all that. Simplicity is key. Like preparation and all that sort of thing is more important than a 26 ingredient burger where you have, you know, a little bit of cardamom, uh, you know, a, a sous or of this, that, and the other nonsense. 
So again, now learning, just going back to after steaks, with burgers and with chicken, I got uh, off of Amazon just one of those digital temperature takers. Because again, I'm always uh, terrified that if I have people over for chicken skewers, that I'm going to give them, you know, salmonella to botulism. But the the digital temperature taker, after you throw it on there, you know, pretty much any meat's done at 165 degrees. But you can just, you know, ask Alexa, they'll tell you. And you can usually get chicken with that digital thing, like right to the degree where it's cooked. And again, an absolute game changer, rather than just trying to guess whether it's cooked or not. Back to how I, I figured out the burger thing. When my last mountain dog was dying, we called, I, 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 we, we had to have him put to sleep ultimately, but uh, we didn't want to take him to the vet. We were going to have it done at home because it was like more peaceful because old Mampers was terrified of the vet. And we didn't want that to like kind of be his, his last thing where like you got to drag him through the door and he's all, you know, upset and fighting and all that sort of thing. So we didn't realize that it was going to take a, it was going to take a few days. So we called on a Monday and said, you know what, can we just book the, the service where you guys come to the house and do it? And they said, you know, the earliest day we have is Thursday at noon. And we were like, shit. Which was a, it was a weird feeling because it kind of started the countdown. You know what I mean? Where it's like, I, I have three days left with my dog. And I love this dog with all my heart. Like, uh, when, when Mampers died, there was like, uh, we walked in the head. There was, there was a, a chasm in my, in my soul, which I have never felt lost like that. Like, through, you know, I've had a lot of friends that have passed away and some family and stuff. But there was nothing, nothing like losing a dog that you love. So we had that three-day countdown, which was awful. And apparently on the last day, you're actually not supposed to. But we're like, we went out, we got him like a, a cheeseburger and a whole bunch of freezies, which you're not supposed to do when you're having a dog put to sleep because apparently sometimes when they give them the needles, they throw up. I always thought one of the, uh, my wife sent me um, a TikTok of uh, a vet. Uh, there's a few different vets that do it. They keep a whole bunch of chocolate in the office. And it's uh, got a sign under there where it's like, you know, before we put your dog to sleep, uh, they're, they're going to get to taste chocolate because everybody should get to taste chocolate. I was like, oh, that is so sweet, but so kind of heartbreaking at the same time. So, yeah, we, we sat with the dog for a few days and it was just a gut-wrenching couple of days and that car pulls into the driveway and you're like, Jesus Christ. I was trying to like make light of it too because when they opened it up, I was like, yeah, here's your, you know, 450 bucks. I'm paying you to come kill my dog. <laughs> And uh, we sat with them on the floor. They fired up the needle. Boom. Gone. I had to help them. They put them on like a gurney, help them carry them out to the car. And it was just, it, 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 it's a feeling that's impossible to put into words. Yeah, we went in the house. I got a really drunk, uh, which always helps when uh, if you're sad and you can't sleep just to kind of pass out. <laughs> Uh, went to work the next day, just, uh, you know, told everyone kind of leave me alone, did my thing. And then uh, when Rebecca and I got home that day, we just sat in the car. I had a TV in the car at, at that point, which, yes, it was unsafe. But I also had, uh, at that time, like the first four seasons of Game of Thrones on it. So when you're stuck in traffic or whatever, you throw on a little Jamie Lannister and see what happens. But we got home. We just pulled in the driveway. And we just sat there. And we were like, we looked at each other. We're like, we don't want to go in the house. Because, you know, for the last nine and a half, almost ten years, there's been a dog barking at the window waiting to see us, and now there's not. It was just the most awkward, awkward feeling. It just empty. Just really empty, sad, lonely feeling. So, yeah, for a couple of days, we sat in the car when we got home. But eventually, I had to come in the house. And going back to how I learned the burgers, we found, and I, I, I've given a lot of people this advice because I understand the whole uh, pet thing. 
if you're going through something sad or you've lost something or, you know, something like that, you're in a bad place, the Food Network is fantastic. There's just something about it. They don't really talk about current events. It's just, it's a really easy space to get lost in because all they do is they, they talk about food. And there's different challenges and stuff. And uh, Rebecca and I watched it. I want to say for about two to three weeks straight, we didn't change the channel. It was just one of those, you have to put some time, you know, time heals all wounds sort of thing. But in the meantime, we learned how to cook a whole, <laughs> whole bunch of good shit, mainly uh, the burger thing. Now, uh, that whole uh, the Toronto life list, like the top 50 burgers in Toronto, I've been, you know, all over the places when I went to, to Pittsburgh, when I was in New York, everything. I've had burgers everywhere. Vegas, all famous burger joints, right? Now, in learning... Um, from that, and basically the the king of burgers in my eyes is either Bobby Flay or Gordon Ramsay. Uh, the thing they have in common is butter, simplicity and butter. So, don't mind with all these. You have to get thirty five ingredients and all that sort of thing into a burger. You just take your ground beef, um, an egg, breadcrumbs, a little bit of you know, like I said, steak spice, uh, salt and pepper. Uh, maybe powdered garlic, onion, dice up a little bit of onion, put it in there, either melt a little bit of butter or just, uh, take some butter and just cut it up. They, they, you could use frozen butter, but it, it doesn't matter. It's going to melt the second it hits the grill anyways, and it's going to flare up a bit, but I just mix in a tiny bit, like, uh, maybe two or three tablespoons of melted butter in with the meat, mash it all up. Uh, when you do barbecue that though, you have to keep the top open and you have to keep an eye on it because it is going to flare up a bit. But, it, you know, it's manageable. When it starts to flare up, you just flip it and move it to a different spot. It, burn, it makes a tiny bit of a mess. But I'll tell you right now, the, the difference is like night and day. You guys are going to love it. Again, um, I can give you some other tips. If you guys have any other tips, reach out to me. Let me know. I'm always looking to, uh, always looking to improve. Uh, as far as the podcast goes, I hope that's improving. I hope you guys are enjoying it. Um, I've talked to a lot of the guests that uh, I've already had on. Uh, getting their constructive criticism and all that. Kirk Nermy was great because, you know, he told me, you know, you got to chill. You got to, you know, pay a little bit closer attention and all that with your follow-up questions and all that. And I really appreciate that because the goal here is to get better or, and not to say anything to get canceled, like Eaton's. <laughs> I'm going to have to cut down on my waist. I had, oh, you guys are killing me. I had so much other. I had my top tens and everything to get to, but we are out of time. Why is there never any time? I do have one last thing that I had to talk about, though, because uh, you guys might think it's stupid. Somebody sent me an advertisement for an artificially intelligent toilet. I, I don't know the, the brand name of it, but uh, I, initially I thought it was just like a, like a bidet, like a, like a specialty toilet seat. So years ago, I was listening to the radio, and somebody had bought, uh, I think it was Howard Stern, somebody had bought him like a... This Toto toilet seat, like $4,500. Uh, but it has, it washes, it dries, it heats, yada, yada, yada. And I thought at the time, that's really stupid. And then years later, it was, it was I want to say about six months before COVID, I was on AliExpress. For those of you who don't know, AliExpress is, um, it's kind of like Amazon, but it's all stuff from China, Russia, just uh, discount stuff. But they have a lot of cool stuff. And I came across, I guess I had a coupon or something like that for uh, one of these automatic toilet seats. And it was only like 325 bucks shipping in everything. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. 
Of course, everyone said, oh, you're stupid. Rebecca, oh, this is a waste of money. Oh, who needs a smart toilet seat? Now, let me tell you, absolute game changer. This thing is incredible. Again, the toilet seat heats. There's a bunch of different uh, temperatures for water and a bunch of different settings and all that sort of thing. So it dries. It, it, it cleans itself. It's got UV light. It's just the thing is absolutely incredible. I absolutely love it. So when I saw this thing for an AI toilet, and it wasn't cheap either. It was like fourteen grand, I want to say. It was definitely over ten, and I thought uh, that's a little bit too much. Like even for like the fancy thing, like I have. And also keep in mind with uh, what a smarty pants I am with the whole COVID thing. When the whole country was going insane trying to find toilet paper, your boy, the truther Derek, was just fine because I haven't used toilet paper at home in probably five years, four years, anyways. Because this thing here, I'm telling you right now, it just does a fantastic job. I'm very pro-automatic toilet seat. I get this ad, and I'm reading through it, and I thought, you know what? That's way too much for just a toilet that sprays hot water and dries you off, but that's actually not what it was. Uh, the AI toilet, like, process <laughs> it processes your waste, both number one and number two. It gives you, like, a diagnostic of it, like, you know, you're eating too much of this or not enough of this, or maybe you're sick, or maybe you have this. <laughs> also... It could also predict what your future movements are going to look like, which I thought it's stupid because, you know, if you go out and you have, uh, you know, if you have five or six beers and, and you know, eat two or three pounds of wings, you, you kind of know what the next morning's going to look like. I don't think you need an app on your phone and a $14,000 toilet to tell you that. Yeah, so just uh, definitely, guys, go check out the AI toilet. It, it's just, it's the stupidest, most amazing thing because it's one of those. I can't imagine I'd ever buy one, but if I had one, I would use that app all the time because I'd be curious. It's like, <laughs> you need to eat more broccoli. <laughs> I mean, you know, who else would know except for the smart toilet? Um, I have all the top tens. I have the favorite restaurants again. I have everything, but we're out of damn time again. Oh, curse me in my running my mouth. But, uh, I wanted to thank everybody for joining me on a solo uh, Truth or Derek show today. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you want more guests, less guests. Uh, again, shoot in your questions, comments, anything good, bad. I'm impossible to upset. Always, like I said, reach out to me on Twitter at Derek Vampire Slayer. You can just Google search uh, the Truth or Derek show. All those ones that come up, they usually have some sort of way to message me or email uh, podstars.connect at outlook.com. That's podstars with a Z. Uh, but again, Twitter is the best way to get a hold of me. Uh, I am on Instagram, King of Casting, I think, but uh, Instagram is still a mystery to me, but I'm going to learn. Thank you so much for listening, and um, until next time, take care of yourselves and each other. Always, like I said, reach out to me. Give me your questions, comments. We've got a lot of exciting stuff coming up in the next few weeks. Um, Get some uh, some new uh, advertising revenue is going to give us a chance to have some contests and stuff. But uh, you know, I'm trying to make everybody happy here. So you got to tell me what you want, and I give it to you. All right. Again, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>